And y'all don't know <laughs> what I went through. Do we have a car in your hands right now? <laughs> Nike Talk was that place that spiraled what you enjoy now. Anyone who brought a, a Kobe shoe in, I'll clean it for free. Man, mine was better than a lot of people in the league. I got I saw the, my favorite jerseys, that one, the Barkley, Kobe Forrest. All right, this is episode 32 of the Danden and RJ Machismo podcast. This is Danden. Uh, my co-host RJ won't be here tonight, but tonight we got a special guest. We got the homie uh, Drew Louise, uh, formerly of Slam Magazine, currently with Whedon and Kennedy Advertising, part of the creative team. How are you doing today? My oh, man, how you doing? Thanks for having me on, man. It's, a, it's an honor to be here. Hey, man. Yeah, shout out to the homie Mark Gennato. You know, he's the one that linked me through you. So, you know, he's, he's a good homie. Uh, I said nothing but positive things about you. And we're also um, we're also a big fan of your, you know, kicks and slam uh, articles and, you know, all your work, you know, throughout the year. So, you know, we appreciate all your work, man. No, man. Thank you again. You know, it's a, it's a great opportunity to be here. So, you know, definitely Mark's, Mark's a great friend of mine. So, you know, any friend of Mark's is a friend of mine. So once again, thank you for having me. All right. Appreciate that. So we're going to get it started, um, Drew. So, um, you know, primarily with our podcast, we, you know, we get into a lot of articles and stuff. So um, I know that you're a big, um, you know, sneaker guy. So what got you into sneakers and uh, what, what are your, you know, what, what's your favorite pairs? I mean, honestly, ever since I can remember, man, when I flip through like family albums and stuff, I always see that I have sneakers on, you know, like there's pictures I have like OG Jordan sixes, you know, and then growing up, there's everything from like Air Maxes and just like, you know, old school Nike basketball stuff. So, I mean, I feel like it started there. Um, you know, a lot of family members, I feel like they try to take, not necessarily take credit, but it's like, it's a collective thing where they're like, hey, like, I'm the one that got you into shoes or I'm the one that got you into shoes or, you know, you're a big shoe guy because of me. Um, I just feel like sneakers have always been a part of my life, man. You know, like it's so crazy. Um, but I remember being in my grandmother's house um, as a boy and she had a closet full of heels. Um, and, and I asked her, I was just like, why do you have so many heels? You know, just being the interesting kid that I was. And she was just like, you've got to have a sneaker for every occasion. Um, and I kind of ran with that. Like, as soon as she said that, I was like, you know what? Like, you're right. Like I do have to have a sneaker for every occasion. It kind of turned into like an excuse of why I need more sneakers or why I needed more sneakers. Um, you know, so as far as I can remember, like I remember my grandma, we would go to, uh, we'd either go to the Slauson swap meet or we take two buses from South Central to the Glendo Galleria every payday. Um, and she'd buy me two pairs of shoes. So, you know, it kind of just, it, it just started from there. Just like when I fully, fully remember. Um, and then just like being older, I remember, you know, middle school was probably when I was just like, like heavily, heavily into sneakers. And like, I was just trying to buy anything I could with the money that I had. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's always nice that it stems off from family, especially you're talking about your grandmother and then, you know, your family members. So, um, you know, I, I've checked out like your work, you know, I know you're primarily, you know, you're a big fan of like Nike basketball and uh, you know, Air Jordan. So like, do you have like any particular pairs that you, you know, you currently wear or, you know, what you currently like? I mean, I think, you know, when you, when you look at, I guess, you know, someone like me compared to like, let's say Mark, for example, you know, Mark has a whole sneaker room in his house, right? Like Mark's and you know, Mark's an OG, right? So Mark, you know, he has years on me. Whereas like, I feel I don't have a lot of, like, I don't have a whole sneaker room just because 
I feel like I, I can't have stuff that's that's just DS. Like I have to wear my stuff. Have to wear them. Yeah. As I've gotten older, man, I just like try to downsize. You know, I've tried to just like I don't need every release no more. I don't need doubles of of every release. Like I don't need multiple colors. So it's like I kind of going through like this little minimalist phase in my life as I'm you know as I'm 30 right now. But it's like honestly, I try to just have sneakers that I can wear for everything. So I think one of the sneakers that I'm in right now are, um, you know, the off-white Prestos, the black pair. Um, that's a sneaker that I can dress up, you know, I can wear out if I'm going out to dinner or something. That's a sneaker that I can wear to the, to the market. So that's a sneaker that I'm probably in, I would say probably like 80% of the week, just because it's comfortable. And, you know, I got, again, I go through phases where I'll wear stuff for a while and then I'll kind of like put it, put it away. So I'm, I'm in, I'm in those. I'm in the Stussy Air Force Ones. Nice. Um, I'm in the Stussy Hirachis that just released earlier this year. Um, and I think, I'm trying to think, what else have I been wearing? I think I've been wearing like, you know, some dunks here and there. But I, I keep it between those four and then like, again, the Stussy Spirit Ons. I'm just kind of, I'm a comfort guy, man. You know, just like being on my feet and stuff. So I would say probably that's what I've been wearing right now. That's nice. And I know you're a big hooper too. So any sneakers that, you know, if you do hoop, what, uh, what sneakers do you hoop in? I mean, I've been playing the Kobe fives right now. Um, so I got about four pairs wow. at the house. Um, I've been playing in the undefeated pack. So I just broke out the white pair. I believe it was last Saturday. I was wearing the multicolored one. Um, but I was like, you know, I'm gonna give the white ones a run. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, just being an LA guy, like, I'm a, I'm a big Kobe guy, you know, so Kobe fours and fives um, are probably like two of my favorite basketball shoes and some of Kevin Durant stuff. But what I've been wearing in lately has been uh, Kobe fives. Kobe fives. So how, how's the Pro Trolls like performance as far as like the technology? Is it more, is it much more responsive compared to like the original pairs? Yeah. So, I mean, I had, what pairs did I have back in? what was it like 10? So I, when I was playing, I had the USA Kobe five. Um, that one was great. It was low to the ground. Um, you know, very sleek, obviously like at the time, the performance of it was, was crazy just because it was like, wow, you're going, you have the Kobe four, that's a low top sneaker. Then you have the Kobe five that goes even lower and lighter. So it's just like, it's different, but it was great. Um, and what I remember, you know, that pair compared to, you know, the pairs now, it's like, these new pairs are like extremely durable. Um, I think that one, you know, I feel like I kind of ran it into the ground and I only had a couple wears in it. And it was just like, they, they were separating, you know, whether it was like on the toe box or they were separating, you know, the sole was separating. I think the ones that I have now, like you, you can feel it. As soon as I put my foot in it, I was kind of just like, oh, like, you know, this is, this is really, really good. So again, I don't play as much as I did before. And maybe that's why, you know, my shoes really didn't last. Mm -hmm. um, but you can, you, if you had a pair of the original Kobe five and you have a pro Tro pair, like you can definitely tell the difference. That's good. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've heard. Like the technology, as far as like being responsive with the four foot zoom and, you know, it's the material too. Nowadays, like they, I guess they try to re-ramp like the, the breathable mesh and, you know polyurethane uh midsole so you know I'm, I'm for like a true like hooper you know like you and other people you know they can definitely tell a difference for that so that's what i've been hearing and nothing but good like you know responsive uh uh reviews yeah, all right 
So, um, so a little bit back to your little, um, to your background, Drew. Um, so you, you, you were a uh, social sociology major at Long Beach State University. Um, how and what and got, I'm sorry, how and what got you into writing for Slam Magazine? And what were the early challenges that you, uh, that you faced? Well, I mean, I started off as a sociology major at East Los Angeles College before okay. I transferred to Long Beach. Um, and I think for me, it was kind of just like, I wanted to work with at-risk youth. Um, you know, I come from a working class area in LA. You know, I've seen a lot of kids, you know, a lot of classmates just kind of, you know, go the wrong way, don't really have direction. Um, and I just wanted to help, you know what I'm saying? I'm a big, big guy of, you know, helping people and like, let's elevate and stuff like that. Um, so I kind of go that route and it's, it's different. Is the is the light hitting? Should should we? No, uh, we're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Okay. Um. Um. Yeah. So I again, I was you know sociology major at East Los Angeles College, and I think you know one of my biggest strengths was just writing. Um. That's probably one of the subjects like I really gravitated toward, to in high school. Um. You know, so I didn't really kind of put two and two together to tell you the truth. Um. But I kind of went through like a career change early on. Um. And I was like, you know, I don't think, you know, sociology is for me anymore. Um, so, you know, what, what can I do? Uh, long story short, I started a blog uh, basically called First and 15th. And it was kind of, I was, I was my own editor. I was, you know, every, every, I was all, it, all in one. Um, and it was, it was fun, right? Because I'm just, I have no formal journalistic experience, to tell you the truth. Um, I have no formal journalistic experience. So, you know, I'm doing all this, I'm doing all that. And um I mean, I, I get in contact with someone, you know, at Slam who's a, who's a senior writer through Mutual Friend. Um, so, you know, we're chopping it up for a bit. Again, I have, I'm 23, I have no direction, no formal journalism. Like, I'm just doing this as a hobby, basically. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of just like, hey man, you know, it's like, you're talented, you know, like you, you can write, like you can get a story out, would you ever be interested in, in, you know, writing for us at Slam? And I was like, man, of course, like, you know, who, who hasn't grown up on Slam? You know what I'm saying? So. You know, with that being said, it was kind of just like he gave me, you know, the cosign and, you know, I got there and stuff and I was kind of getting, I mean, honestly, I was kind of getting the work that he didn't want. But, you know, I, I went in and I had no ego. I had no ego. And I was just like, you know what? I just want to make a name for myself. I didn't go through the traditional college route because I was out of school. Um, so I, again, out of school, no journalist experience, like he's co-signing for me and I'm just like, Hey, you know what? Like, man, this, this is my opportunity. It's the unconventional way, but I'm going to run with this and I'm going to use it. And I think, you know, probably one of the biggest challenges was just like making, making sure that like I made it known that I belonged. Um, you know, because again, I'm, I'm this kid that just got a co-sign from one of the senior writers, um, really no journalist experience, really no clips, you know, other than, you know, knowing little connections that I know within the basketball space and within the sneaker space. So it was just kind of just showing them that I belong, that I knew what I was talking about. I know basketball, I know sneakers, I know the culture, I, I fit the bill. Um, so I think that was probably one of the earliest challenges that I felt. But I, I mean, again, the thing for me is like, you know, I have a saying that says, you know, if you, if you give me the opportunity, the rest will take care of itself. So as soon as I got the opportunity to really, really show that I knew what I was doing and that I was talking about, you know, obviously I got that trust and I've just, you know, it just, it just elevated from there. That's great. So basically like you're saying, you, know, you put in the, you put in the work, right. And the work just, just, you know, does the work for you. 
as long as you, you know, continue to just grind it. Um, did you ever feel like, uh, did you feel any pressure, you know, with the, you know, working for Slam Magazine and, you know, um, having that, um, you know, recommendation from that senior writer giving you that opportunity. So did you feel any pressure in, like in the beginning? Well, I mean, you know, I think obviously you feel the pressure of like, I have to make him feel good, right? Because I don't want to come in, you know, half-assed stuff, you know, not know, not know what I'm doing because not only am I representing myself, I'm representing the company. You know what I'm saying? So to kind of have all the great lineage of writers who, who had the opportunity to work at Slam, you kind of feel honored, right? It's, it's an honor to be there. Um, so I think for me, it was more so just like, everything is 110% all the time. It's not, you know, I, I can't half-ass anything. I can't take this opportunity for granted because a lot of people want this opportunity. A lot of people wanted to be, wanted to write for Slam. A lot of people want to want to cover media events as a part of not only just a media company, but I feel like Slam in general. Um, so I think that was, that was probably the only thing, but you know, it, it was more so that's probably just like one of the biggest things. And, and it was just, it was just like, I mean, the company was willing to take an opportunity on me again, a kid, <laughs> I was, I was straight out of a uh, junior college, no formal journalistic experience. Um, so I kind of just like, I learned as I went, but I think, you know, I always say experience is the best teacher. So it kind of just worked out in my favor, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, it's so crazy when I look back at it, when I look back at it now, like, you know, seven, eight years later, and it's kind of just like, like I really had a different way. So that's probably the best way that I can answer that question. Yeah. I, I guess, you know, your unorthodox way of like putting your foot, you know, through the door, as far as like, you know, entering the world of like sports journalism and the fact that, you know, you have a passion for sports, you have a passion for storytelling, uh, you have a passion for admiring sports athletes. So I think that all ties out, all ties in to, you know, your, you know, your body of work. So it kind of shows that it, everything just happened naturally and, you know, everything, all the good vibes just basically just, you know, happened for you. So, you know, much, much props for you, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. All right, so uh, your first uh, sneaker review um, was the KD the, the KD eight in uh, twenty fifteen. So um, as a, a sneaker enthusiast and a hooper, what was that experience like covering a major NBA superstar like Kevin Durant and with his you know own signature line? I think it was great because I think prior to that I may have had I would say like three stories. Um, on online and it was funny like the way that story happened was um I was actually on vacation um and I came back I would say I probably came back on a Tuesday or Wednesday I, I couldn't tell you off top but I, I come back I'm, I'm coming back from Costa Rica I land at LAX um my phone you know I start to get service and I just like emails start coming in um and the thing was my gmail was like my primary that you could say that's like my professional Gmail account. And I think at the time when my notifications would go off, I knew that it was an opportunity because I never gave nobody that, that email that was strictly for business, right? That was all the slam guys had it. So once I, <coughs> excuse me, once I got that email, I saw it was, um, it was from a rep at Nike who was just like, you know, Hey, Kevin Durant is, is unveiling, you know, KD8 and he's making different stops around California. You know, he'll make a stop tomorrow um, on Fairfax in L.A. 
you know, at X time, you, it, it basically was kind of like a group setting. Um, I went, I hit up, you know, the editors. I was like, hey, you know, KD's throwing an event. Cool if I cover it. Yeah, um, one of the guys who was there, um, Abe Schwadron, kind of, you know, put me, hit me on the side and was like, hey man, like this could be a potential, you know, a feature story for our latest, it was um, summertime. So it was like our, our latest Kicks Mac. He was like, you know, I think this is something, you know, you can do. And I was, I guess I wasn't thinking that far. Um, and I was just like, you know what? Like, no, nah, no, nah, like, you're right. You're right. Like, okay, I'm down. So, you know, we go through the whole thing and it, it wasn't a, it was a consumer event. So it's not like I got one-on-one -on -one time with KD. It's kind of like a group media session for about, you know, 10 minutes. Um, you know, I asked the first question and I just have my, my recorder, uh, my voice recorder recording. Um, so he's there, you know, he's talking about it. And that was, that was actually the time where he was going to sign with Under Armour. Like it was, it was Under Armour and Nike kind of battling it out. And, you know, he continued to, to stay with Nike. Um, and that was cool. And then it was just like, I got home and it was like, okay, I got to write this thing now. Right. Again, I don't have one-on-one -on -one time with him. So my voice recorder is kind of like shaky, you know, I'm pulling everything I did. And then it was like, well, this isn't going to be enough for a, you know, 14, 1400 page spread. So I'm, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, like now I'm scrambling, right. It's not like I can call, Hey, you know, can I get some time with KD? You know, it's not, it's not like that. But the good thing was Nike had a, a podcast at the time, um, you know, so him and Leo Chang are talking. So, you know, I was able to pull quotes from there. I was able to pull quotes, you know, from, from Nike's site. And I think like it kind of worked out in itself because the, uh, the previous editor-in-chief, Ben Osborne, you know, was kind of like, hey man, like, this is what it is. It's, it's 1400 words. We need it by this date. You're doing the KDA. And it was just kind of just like, I felt like I was back to square one because now I'm doing something for print, right? And it's like, this was my first print piece. So again, I'm, I set the bar extremely high on myself. So when I finally was done with it and, and send it in and kind of didn't hear anything back in terms of like edits, I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Um, and then it finally comes out to print and it's just, you know, front and center. And I'm just like, like, wow, my first, my first print piece. Um, so that was, you know, that was a special moment. And I think, I think that's, if I'm not mistaken, that's still on my portfolio just because, you know, I like to, to track, you know, where I started to where I've been. So, you know, the, the story on the KDA was, is definitely up there when it, when it comes to top stories. Yeah, that's awesome. So was that posted through Slam or is that posted through Kicks? That was in Kicks 18, if okay. I remember correctly. So I think it has um, John Walls on the cover. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was Kicks 18. And I think there's like a little thing. Um, it was called like Off the Bench. Okay. And I, they like feature me right there. Like it was just so funny when I look back at it now. So like, what was your reaction seeing your name like printed on a, you know, pres prestige magazine like Kicks and Slam? So what was like your reaction when you, when you see your, your name and then your article, you know, on there? I mean, honestly, it was surreal, man. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was really just like, you know, it was a testimony to like all the hard work and just like being available and, and, and wanting this opportunity. And once the opportunity came, I was just like, man, this is, you know, this is great. Right. You kind of just like, you look at it and it's just like, like that says Drew Ruiz. You know what I'm saying? I, and I had friends, you know, hitting me up and I think the love on it was great because, 
um, you know, I had supporters from day one, you know, and it was just like, man, like, you know, this is dope. Like, you know, you keep making the city proud, stuff like that. Um, I tried to buy up damn near every magazine that I saw. At the time I was going to like Barnes and Noble, I was going to, you know, all these spots. And I remember, I think one of the Barnes and Noble um, employees was like ringing me up and I had probably had about like anywhere from like six to eight. And he was, he kind of like looked at it funny and he was just like, did you come out in this magazine or what, why are you buying so many? And it was kind of just like a little humble bread where it was like, oh, you know, I, I wrote an article in it, but you know, it was great, man. It was, it, it's still surreal. I feel like there's times where I'll flip through it, you know, and I'll just be like, A, it's crazy to see how far I've developed, you know, as a writer, because that story was back in 2015. So, you know, that's, that's over six years. Um, but again, it's just surreal, like seeing my family, you know, proud of me, my grandma, you know, when I showed her, she was just like, you know, ecstatic. So it was just, it was just moments like that, that really, really made me cherish that, that specific time. But it was like, okay, I got one, like, let's, let's keep the ball rolling. It wasn't anything like, oh, okay, I got one, like I can breathe, I can chill. Like, nah, like, let's keep going. Like, I got a taste of it. So I just, I just got even hungrier. That's cool, man. Man, man, you know, actually, I'm a big fan of Kick, so I actually collect all of them. Um, when I go, when I come back home, because I'm, I'm from Maryland, um, it's in my old, my, my, my parents' house. Maybe I can have you, like, sign it, you know what I mean? Because that'll be, that'll be dope if I can get you, get that signed. You know, that'd be great, man. I mean, like I said, I, I'm, <laughs> it's like, I would, I, I, I would assume that you would want KD signature, but, you nah, know, man, my mind, I, just... want, I want the, you know, I want the, the guy <laughs> that wrote the article, you know what I mean? That's so, love. Man. I appreciate that. Yeah, man, definitely. All right. So uh, next question for you, Drew. Um, you've covered a lot of sneaker events, such as, you know, you did the 2016 Space Jam 11s. You did the Aleli May Jordan brand release party. And you also did the retrospect uh, at the Gnome Gallery in L.A. Um, so which one was your favorite um, events that you attended? I feel like the Space Jam one was probably cool just because the way Jordan Brand went out and, and, and did it. And I feel like if you know Jordan Brand, it, it's, you know, it's basically second to none, man. Like they're going to go, they're going to go ham. Um, and, and that's what they did. And, you know, the, the moment started on a Sunday where they had invited us out to the Warner Brothers studio. Um, there was like a little, a uh, little Space Jam art installation. Um, you know, then we go watch the, we go watch the film. You know, so we go watch the film. There's kind of like a little Q&A after. Um, and then we get out and there's like the specific uh, media box. And there's just like a big Space Jam box. There's, there's um, what is, what was it? The, the 31 and a Space Jam. Yeah. And there's gear, there's, you know, the secret stuff. Like when you open it, there's a video that plays. Um, so we were kind of just like, oh, like this is, this is crazy. You know, this is great. And uh, one of the Jordan reps was like, oh, this will be arriving to your guys' house on uh, Tuesday. And I was just like, I was like, what? Like, you know, I'm like, man, are you serious? Like, this is great. You know, so sure enough, I think probably that was one of the events that was my favorite. Um, if there was another event, I would have to say it was a Kobe AD. Um, just because that was his final sneaker, you know, before before he retired. So, again, to be from L.A., go to an L.A.-based event with, you know, someone who was a childhood idol, be able to ask a question and interact with him, um, I think that was great in itself. Um, you know, so, I mean, I would probably say those two moments are really just significant for, you know, the presentation, 
again, and then just the work. Um, and then if I had to throw a third one, I would probably say cover. It was, oh, well, it was, it was a kind of like sneaker event, but it was a collective thing with the World Cup where I, I flew to China two years ago. Wow. Yeah, and I did that. And, and that was great. Also went with Nike basketball. So, you know, that was, that was a, a great experience. And man, it was, I wish I was out there for longer. Yeah, because I know um, basketball is life over there in Asia because China, Hong Kong, Philippines, Japan, you know, that's like the first and last sport, you know, for a lot of like young aspiring hoopers and, you know, old heads and all all walks of life. I mean, that's that's all like the universal sport for, for Asia, which is basketball. And then China is just huge with, you know, they adore Kobe, they adore KD, all the Nike athletes, all the, you know, Adidas athletes. It's, it's wild. It's, it's, I mean, the love, the love that they have for the game, the love that, you know, they have for guys like, like you said, I mean, Jason Kidd and Scottie Pippen were there, you know, and it was, it was just crazy. You know, we got to hoop, um, twice actually in a day there was like this big famous gym I don't know where exactly but we played against um some locals from China and then we went to an outdoor court which was basically like the Venice Beach or the Rucker Park of China right. so we got to hoop out there um and I mean that was that was great man that was just like it was so fun and you know I kind of was just sitting back and like it's crazy how many amazing opportunities basketball has opened up for me. Yeah, that's dope. I mean, so any any cool places that you got to travel aside from China, uh, you know, for work? Um, I think internationally, that would probably be, that would probably be it. Um, I, co I covered, was it game six of the, ooh, what year was uh, Toronto and Golden State? Was that 80? 2018, I think, 2019? 18. Yeah, 18 or 19. I went basically the last game at Oracle. Yep. Um, you know, I got to cover that. Got to go to Florida uh, twice, actually, to do something with Gatorade. And then I wrote the um, the John Morant uh, cover story before he he was heading to the draft. Um, yeah, you know, I didn't didn't really go anywhere as I, as I thought I would. But, I mean, those, those moments were great, you know. I only got to travel briefly, but it was cool. You know, went to All-Star Weekend, you know, went to New York for a weekend. So, you know, it was basically just a lot of wins in my book, to tell you the truth. Yeah, definitely. Work. Yeah, especially when the world starts opening back up, you know, that's just the tip of the iceberg for you as far as like what places where, you know, your job will take you as, as far as like, you know, what you need to do. Um, that's great. Uh, so um, next question for you, Drew. Um, who and what were your inspirations in order for you to succeed to get where you are today? I mean, it's, I think, you know, I look at, I look at stuff and it's kind of just, you know, first and foremost, obviously would be, you know, my parents, you know, obviously um, being able to, to, you know, make them proud is great. Being able to, to hear them say, Hey, you know what? I'm proud of you. Hey, I, you know, seeing both of them, you know, pick up magazines and stuff like that. I think it was great. Um, my sisters as well, you know, I'm the oldest of four, you know, I got three younger sisters. So being able to see them and really, really just trying to, you know, pave the way is great. Um, you know, again, I'm the big brother. So I'm, you know, yeah, maybe they might see me as, you know, being this, you know, mean 
father-like figure, um, you know, but I always want them to succeed. Um, then, you know, it's just immediate friends and just mentors. Um, you know, my girl also, you've been there from the beginning. You know, if there's somebody who's been there and really, really seen that, you know, whatever evolution of Drew Ruiz, you know, the writer, what have you, you know, it's been her. So again, it's just like, I kind of keep it, you know, internally, you know, I, I think I, I've never been the guy who needs, you know, any motivation from anybody who isn't family. Um, you know, I just want to continue to be a great, a great figure, you know, whether it's in the community, in the world. So, you know, people can be like, hey, I, if Drew Ruiz can do it, I can do it too. You know, I always tell people like, don't put me on a pedestal because you can do it too. You know, you can do, you know, whatever you want. Like chasing your dreams is, it's tough because you got you to gotta sacrifice, right? There's a lot of things you got to sacrifice, time, money, you know, things of that, uh, things of that nature. But the reward of it is great. You know, and, and, and I just tell people, like, I bet on myself. Like, there's nothing you can tell me. Like, I, I control my own destiny. So I was, I told myself, you know, everything I'm doing now, you know, in, in some capacity, I was just like, I'm going to do it. But in the beginning, it was, it was kind of weird because I wasn't there yet. So, you know, to some people, it was kind of just like, ah, uh, maybe you're aiming a little too high. Like, maybe, you know, maybe you got to pipe down. But it was just kind of like, man, I'm, I'm going to get there, like off, off top, like I'm, I'm getting from point A to point B. It might take me longer than, you know, somebody else, but I'm going to get there and I'm going to show you like, hey, like I'm Drew Ruiz from Bell Gardens, California. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just, it's just what it is. And I think once you have that confidence in yourself, I mean, sky's the limit. That's dope, man. Yeah. And it's, it's just going to just keep going. It's just going to elevate yourself. You know what I mean? As far as like, you know, you put in the work, and you know, like we were saying, you, you bet on yourself. That's the one person that, you know, if you, there's one person that you want to bet on, just like what Vanessa Bryant said on that speech uh, for Kobe in the Hall of Fame, you know, it, it's that person that you want to just bet on yourself, right? So, so that Mamba mentality, you just got to keep grinding, right? Until you get where you want to be and never being satisfied. Yeah, so, for sure. That's great. So uh, next question for you, Drew. Um, so you, so you are the, um, you're, you're the Drew League uh, social media content editor and, uh, you know, which was to showcase the league, the summer league. So how important was for you to show the world what that league is all about? I think it's extremely important because I think, you know, if you're from LA, you know, the Drew League, you know, the history of the Drew League, you know, the players that have come to the Drew League and how special it is, you know, not only to basketball, but to the city of Los Angeles. Um, so I think, you know, when I got on, one of my biggest things was, yeah, everybody in LA knows about the Drew League, but now let's make it global, you know? So I think that was around the beginning that um, companies were starting to use Snapchat, you know, companies were starting to give like that day-to-day -day life. And it was a perfect opportunity for me because I kind of was given the keys to just like, hey, like, you know, do what you do, do what you do. So. I went ahead and I just wanted to show people like what the Drew League was all about. Um, so I always say like, let's make it global. Let's make it global. Like I wanted to do a job where somebody would be like, I want to take a vacation to LA and I want to hit the Drew League because of what I'm seeing on their social channels. You know, and I work with a great team. You know, I work with a great team of, of creative individuals from, from the city. So, I mean, to tell you the truth, like, we just all we have the same mission and stuff so you know the drew league is what it is because of these great individuals that i work with that's dope so um, i know with the pandemic um i'm assuming that drew league wasn't available right last summer 
Uh, physically, it wasn't, but we still had, um, we basically did like a content series. Okay. Um, and I don't know if, if you followed all along last year, but we did, um, there was just like uh, key moments that we, that we highlighted. Okay. Um, so whether it was just like when KD came through, when LeBron came through, um, and then we had like a Mamba Week tribute. Um, so we just try to, you know, stay, stay on digitally, but in terms of games, uh, there was nothing, man. And I think that was, it was tough because I'm entering my sixth year. So, you know, there's been four straight years that I didn't have a summer, right. I was, I was at the Drew league every summer. So to kind of not have a summer, it was like, okay, what do I do now? When the world is, is on lockdown, it's like, I had so much free time on my hands, but um, you know, it was great that we were able to still, you know, work in some capacity. So, you know, again, that's great. And I, I'm excited for year six. That's awesome. So hopefully do you think it's going to open up as far as like, you know, having, having a Drew League and having like uh, fans in attendance uh, for the summer? Yeah, I don't know, you know, the full logistics of it, but I know that we're starting back up towards the end of June. Um, so, you know, that that's a plus. I know so many people are itching to, to get out and, you know, not only play, but I mean to watch. Um, again, I don't know how it's going to be due to regulations, if there's going to be limited capacity. Um, but I think that's something that, you know, we'll talk about within the next coming weeks and just, you know, plan accordingly. That's awesome, man. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, I would like to attend a game, game or two, you know, hopefully like since you're going to be your, your last one, you know, hopefully we get to see each other over there and, you know, just to say what's up. Definitely. For sure. All right. So uh, next question for you, Drew. Um, in your profession of covering the NBA, uh, you know, with, with Slam, and how important is it for you to create your own opportunities? I mean, I think it's, it's very important. You know, it's very important because you have, you know, I think for me, you know, I can only speak solo for myself. You know, I was just trying to make a name for myself. You know what I'm saying? So when I introduce myself, like, you know, hey, I'm Drew Ruiz. Hey, how you doing? All my socials are Drew Ruiz. So in some capacity, like I want, I mean, I want my name to, you know, not necessarily, yeah, I want it to hold weight, but I want it to be like, oh, like Drew Ruiz, he does NBA related stuff. Drew Ruiz does this, you know, so it's important to really establish yourself um, in, in whatever you do, whatever you do, whether it's, you know, you want to do editorial, whether you want to do, you know, digital stuff. Um, I think it's very, very important to, you know, set a foundation and, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. Um, you know, in the whole nine, because I feel like, I guess sometimes people can get lost in the shuffle. Um, you know, and I think for me, I've always made it a priority to say, I'm Drew Ruiz first and foremost. I'm not Drew Ruiz from X. I'm not Drew, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. I, I'm, I've, I've been me before I've been, you know, before I started working at certain companies, you know? Um, so I think that's probably one of the biggest things, just, you know, remaining true to myself. Um, you know, and, and doing things like that and continue to, you know, just make a name for myself, make my presence known, you know, help out in any way that I can. Um, because at the end of the day, like, I just want to, not only do I want to win, but I also want to see, you know, people around me win as well. So do you think, um, you know, in your profession, like networking is, you know, is major key as far as like helping, you know, helping your colleagues out, helping a friend out, you know, maybe hopefully, you know, also like creating avenues for, you know, for opportunities for others, for others. I think it's extremely important um, to an extent. I, I, I would say that um, again, I'm all for networking. I'm all for, you know, I've done it even before it was, you know, I knew what the word was. 
Um, but I feel like, you know, there's very, very, I guess there's like boundaries, right? Um, you know, this is a relationship-based business, um, you know, and I've gotten a lot of relationships through, hey, you know, oh, my boy Drew, this is my boy, oh, you know, we have mutual friends or we have, you know, a mutual network and stuff like that. But I feel like, you know, again, going back to the boundaries part, um, you know, there's a lot of people who just like want to wiggle in their way and kind of just like, well, you know, I don't really want to do the work. I just, I want to go through you. I want to go through you. Um, and it, it, you know, it's tough because I mean, if it was up to me, I'd bring everybody on, but you know, sometimes it doesn't work like that. Um, you know, so I think, you know, obviously networking is, is extremely key. Uh, you know, surround yourself with people within the industry, you know, um, I've, uh, I've never been a person who has dogged anybody. I've never been a person who has, hasn't given anyone the time of the day. Um, you know, I try to keep it as real and be as transparent as possible. And I try to feel like, hey, you know, just because I'm open, you know, and, and hey, you can call me at any time or, you know, if there's something you want to speak about, cool. The next man or woman may not be like that. Um, so I think, you know, you kind of have to be authentic in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've never, I've never networked and been like, hey, man, like, you know, can I get a job? Like, hey, hey, bro, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's, it's always just been hey, you know, how you doing such and such, if there's an opportunity for us to ever work together and it makes sense for both parties, like, let's do it. But I think, you know, maintaining that relationship is great because I feel like at some point down the line, even if you don't work right now, there may be an opportunity in the future. Um, and I feel like that's, that's kind of, that's helped me. Um, you know, I try to help all the young kids. You know, I always want to be that guy who, helps all the kids who weren't born on third base because, you know, there was a kid like me who was lost, didn't know what to do, right? And somebody helped me. So, you know, I kind of have a, a, a saying, it's like, send the elevator back down. So, you know, whether it was me coaching or, you know, me speaking to the kids from the area that I'm from, you know, and kind of just letting them know like, hey, yeah, there may not be a lot of people that you know, but, you know, if you have me, like use, use me as your resource, like, I can tell you my story, right? We can sit here and I can, I can go in depth. It may not work for you. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you, hey, if you follow my 12 step process, you'll be in my position because it's, it's not. And then I feel like, you know, that's what the internet is nowadays, you know, but I, if I share my story and you pull a couple nuggets from it and you're able to get to where you wanna get to, I mean, you know, hey, I, I did my job. Um, so again, I think that's probably the best, best way I can answer that. Um, again, if I'm drifting off and you want me to touch on something specific, feel free to let me know. Um, but I think, yeah, networking and just being authentic, you know, holding relationships, like checking in. I think checking in is, is huge. Not even checking in because you want something. You know, you got, you hey, how you doing? You know, hey, how's how's this? Hey, how's that? Hey, you know what I'm saying? Just just being genuine because, you know, I've, I've, I've had that where, you know, people check in. I'm kind of just like, oh, like, yeah, I'm good. You know, how you, and then there's other people like, Hey, what's up, bro? How you doing? Like, Hey bro, who can I talk to? Cause I want to, and then I'm just like, all right, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know what it is. Like I've, I've been around a block a couple of times, you know, so you can't, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. Um, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, again, that's probably the best, best way I can answer that. Facts. I mean, you have to maintain your, you know, level of professionalism. And at the same time, you know, he's your friend, but I can only help you up to here, you know what I mean, kind of thing, which is kind of like a touchy, it's a touchy subject because you want to help your, you want to help your friends, 
but it has to be at a certain point. Like you were saying, you, you're not here to follow follow your 12-step program. It's just, you know, just just hearing, um, speaking about your stories to inspire somebody to, you know, to be a better person. You know what I mean? So I think that's where that lies as far as like, you know, being authentic to yourself, like you were saying. That's very important as in, you know, and also maintaining that level like of professionalism, like you were saying, like, you know, I have a job to do. And then, you know, if I, if, if you need anything, you know, you know, checking in with your, with your colleagues, I think that's great. Especially like right now with like mental health, you know, mental health awareness right now, it's, that's really big right now. A lot of people don't know how they're feeling or, you know, if they're feeling like sad or depressed. I think it's nice for like, a, you know, a friend, you know, you checking in a friend or a colleague or a family member, you know, I think that's those little things make a big difference, regardless if you're if it's for work or personal. I think it's, it's great that you can you maintain that, 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 that level. No, definitely. Definitely. Sure. All right. So we, we have a fun one for you, um, Drew. So how did you get your nickname, uh, Aaron Modelo and uh, Lehuan James? <laughs> I mean, I think Air Modelo, um, what was it? I was at the Jersey, the Nike Jersey unveiling um, when Nike just got the, the contract for the NBA. So Nike threw out a big event in, um, in LA. It was like, like a three-day weekend type thing. And um, we hooped. Well, we did like a LeBron 15 wear test. And I think one of the photographers like got a photo of me in midair. I was, I was shooting a jump shot. Um, and you know, I got it and I was like, oh, like this is a great action picture. And I kind of just like, I was, I was thinking of a caption. And I mean, I think if you follow my, my Instagram, like I'm not really, I don't put long captions. Like, you know, I kind of keep it short and concise, short and sweet. Um, and I was just like, well, you know, I love Modelo. Like, and I, I just, I like to, to hang, I love to just clown, you know, I'm a big clown if you truly, truly know me. You know, I'm always just joking and stuff. So I was just like, I stumbled across Aaron Modelo and it was just like, it stuck. Like it was crazy because it was just, just like something random. It stuck and it was just like, people started calling me it. And I kind of just like, I ran with it, right? Like I, I love drinking Modelo, right? Um, things like that. So I think that one kind of, that one stuck. I feel like Laquan James, that's more so like, a, I feel like Mark gave me that nickname. <laughs> uh, because I'm, I'm trying to think, like, I don't remember where I got it or what I may have said or what I may have done. But I'm all about, like, like you know, just just anything that, you know, rhymes. And it kind of, like, you know, sounds, I guess, what I'm trying to say is, like, Juan James, I'm Mexican, right? Like, there's a lot of Mexicans named Juan. Um, you know, I mess around and I, I call myself, like, Druka Donchers sometimes, like... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just like little stuff like that. Again, I like to just play, play around. So yeah, I think, you know, Amadella was, was self-given. Um, and so many people like, so many people I know that they, you know, call me that. But Juan James, I think that's more so like, I kind of bring that out a little like here and there, but I feel like that, that was the one that uh, uh, OG Mark gave me. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, man. Yeah. Hopefully we may need to not trademark it, but maybe put on the back of a Jersey, you know, <laughs> that'd be dope. You know what I mean? You have a Modelo beer as like your number. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing is I just don't want to receive, you know, like a season assist from. Oh, there you actually, go. That's it. Yeah. So, no. I, I, like I said, I haven't received anything yet. So okay. I'm just having fun with it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just a nickname. You're not like public, you're not like copywriting or like trademarking yeah. it. All right. So we're almost towards the, the end. Um, Drew, we appreciate your, your help. So, uh, so you also give back to the community that you were saying uh, by volunteering to coach for a, a you know, your local high school basketball team uh, during your free time. So how gratifying, how gratifying is it for you to see student athletes succeed on the court and, you know, in academics? Man, it's great. It's a great feeling. You know why? Because I had a lot of great mentors in high school uh, when I was a senior in high school. Um, so I had guys, you know, looking out for me, whether it was, you know, giving me rides home, um, you know, getting, getting food, um, kicking down clothing and just kind of just inviting me and really, really taking me under their wing. Um, and again, I'm, I'm a big, big believer in paying it forward. So, you know, when the opportunity presented itself and I could coach, I, it, I was just like, you know, it's basically like now or never. Um, you know, I love basketball. I'm a basketball junkie. And I feel like, you know, kids around the 15 to 17 year old range, they're in a very, very important spot. Right. And, you know, a lot of kids will drift off, um, you know, so I feel like basketball is a beautiful game because not only does it teach them about, you know, the game as a whole, but it teaches them about life. It teaches you how to play with with four other people. It teaches you how to deal with different egos. It teaches you how to deal with yourself when things don't go your way. Um, so I think I always just try to tell the guys, you know, excuse me, I basically always just try to tell the kids, like, make this the most opportunity because, you know, a lot of the kids that I coach, they they weren't going to go Division One. You know, they weren't going to go to the NBA. You know, it's, it's a lot of undersized Mexicans. So this is probably the only time you're going to play organized basketball, you know, and make the most out of it because these memories, once they're gone, they're gone. So to be able to see a kid who was struggling with his jump shot earlier in the year, or struggling with trying to handle the offense and trying to navigate, you know, coach getting on me and I got to worry about these four guys and then seeing him progress through the year. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a great, that's just a great feeling in itself, you know? Um, and I think just, you know, the kids gave me like, you, like I felt young again. I think that was a big thing, right? I think, I was, what was I, about 27, 28 at the time. Um, so I was the youngest, the youngest coach on a staff. Um, so I was like that big brother, big uncle uh, to these kids. And they were, you know, again, 15 to 17 years old. So maybe to them, you know, being 12 years older, that's kind of like, damn coach, you're old. But it was just like, man, believe it or not, like, I'm not old. Like we listen to the same music, you know, we wear the same, it was kind of funny. Like I go and you know, I have like a camel Supreme backpack from like 2013 and like one of my kids has a Supreme and I'm just like, damn, like, am I really, am I really old? Like, but I mean, it's just, just, it's just, you know, being able to see them win on and off the court. Um, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a great feeling, man. You know, any way that I can teach and kind of just make an impact and hear the kids say, hey, you know what, coach, you've helped me during this or coach, I appreciate you for doing that. Um, you know, and I just tell them like, you know, pay it forward because you're going to want to get into coaching or you're going to want to work with kids in some capacity. And it's going to be the same thing as, as me or you, you know, so be a great person to set the great example and 
you know, definitely have a lot of patience um, because uh, these kids, you know, 15 to 17, they're not really, their brains aren't fully developed. Um, so they may not see what you see, right? Me being 28 and me trying to tell them like, dude, don't make this pass because this, or dude, don't do this because this. And it, it, it kind of takes them about four to five times. It's like, oh, okay, coach, I know what you're talking about now. Um, and it's like, just, just trust me. Um, you know, so again, going back to it, 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 it was great. I don't do it anymore just because my schedules got a little hectic, but you know, again, I pop my head into the gym every so often I can. Um, and, you know, again, keep in contact with them on Instagram and stuff and just, just check in with them and see how they're doing throughout their uh, high school career. That's, that's dope, man. Yeah, definitely inspiring. You know, like you're, you're like, you were saying you're, you're like the big brother, big, you know, big, big uncle to them. And for, for someone to like, you can relate to them as like you were saying, like the, the youngest staff member in, the, in that, that, you know, in that team, it's nice that you have that connection with them because sometimes, you know, it's hard to ha find something in common, you know, whether if it's about, you know, sports or video games or sneakers, you know, there's always something that someone can have in common too. But I think it's, even though the gap of age is too far, at least you're able to relate, like you're saying, like the Supreme backpack you know, that's like a, that's like an instant conversation starter. Like, hey, like, did you used to collect, you know, Supreme or like what kind of pieces did you have? I mean, those things that just stem off and then it'll just go one thing to the other. You know, I think, I think another big thing about that was just, you know, the kids knew who I was in terms of like, you know, they follow me or they, I I'd have a kid that he, he knew what I did. So it kind of would just like trickle down. So the kids would always be interested in like, hey coach, who's the coolest player you, you ever interviewed or, Hey coach, you know, like I read your story or, Hey coach, like, when are you going to interview such and such? So I think one of the biggest things for me too, was just being available to them. Right. Because I could sit here and, you know, interview Devin Booker, but I'm back at practice at three o'clock. Right. So it's showing them like, Hey man, like what I'm doing, you can do it too. Um, and I think just being available to the kids. Right. Because, you know, I come from, um, I come from a blue collar city. So again, that's all they know is blue collar work. So then being able to see me be like, well, damn, he does that and he gets paid and, you know, he's able to live a comfortable life. Like, Hey, I'm interested in doing that. So, I mean, a lot of kids I've talked to just try to be like, tell them, Hey, if this is something you want to do, like understand it's a grind, but know that you can get paid to follow your dreams. There you go. You know, like you were saying, you're just a kid from Bell Gardens, right? Exactly. There you exactly. go. All right, Drew. So this wraps up. So um, my last question to you is uh, you can ask me any question that you want. Any question that I want. Um, man. I guess. You there? Yep, I'm here. Oh, is that your phone? <laughs> yeah, no, I was trying. Can you, it kind of broke off. I asked the question, it kind of. Uh... Oh, no, no, it's okay. Yeah, um, go ahead, just repeat it. Yeah, no, I was saying, what are like top five pairs in your collection? Top five? Um, sentimental or, yeah, you want to do like sentimental or just what I like? must have as far as like in my I mean opinion. honestly I, I'll I'll leave it up to you 
All right. So I'll say like top five that I per- like sentimental to me. I would say, and, and no order, um, my first pair of Jordans that I purchased for, to myself uh, would be the 2000 Air Jordan Concord 11s. So I bought those at um, Foot Action. You know, th- that was when sneakers came out on the on a weekday, on a Wednesday. A lot of people didn't know about that, you know. Yeah. Um, so those mean a lot to me. I, to this day, I still have them. They're, you know, they're just like dog. Not dog, but they're kind of like piss yellow with the soles, but still yeah. Got, like, yeah, it's still got the retro card and everything. So those I like, yeah. So that would be one of them. Second one, um, I also I'm also I'm also a big fan of the Flint 13. So I would say not not these retros, but the 2005 retro pair, the one with when it had like 3M on them. So those I like them a lot because. Um, you know, like for me, like back in 98, like I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a job. Right. So like, you know, for someone like me, like you would have, um, I, I will only depend like, you know, birthdays and holidays to get, you know, save up. But during that time, I think it was like all-star weekend. Like, you know, I was pretty much broke. <laughs> so I didn't have like money. And, you know, I always see people in like high school, like wearing them. So I always t- told myself, you know what, one day, like when I have a job, you know, I'm going to get them. And then, you know, when they retro, you know, in 2005, it's kind of like, you felt like nostalgic. Like I got something that I always wanted by just like trying to, you know, just grinding, man. Like, you know, working, you know, working towards it. Um, and then my third pair, um, man, it's, it's a good question. I would say it's a pair of Kobe's. Um, my favorite pair right now would be the, uh, the Kobe fours uh, pop, the, the playoff packs. So I like yeah. those. Um, it's a clean colorway, man. I mean, um, he didn't really wear them. I think I'm not sure if he wore them in the in, in during the NBA season, but I think it was during that time when it was like the MVP puppets. You, I mean, you still remember that when Kobe won his what was it his um, fourth championship when they were doing the you know MVP puppets. So yeah. those are yeah. So that would be my number three, um, and then number four. I would say, you know, um, I would say the Air Max 95s, the Neons. So those are always be my favorite. And then last pair, man, last pair will be a pair of LeBrons. So I would say the Air Zoom Generation 1, which is the, the you know, like the Hummer, like the Hummer, um, Hummer design. Yeah, so it would be the, the first colorway, which is the, uh, the first gamers, the one with the white, with the red panel, with the white swoosh. So yeah. those are my, yeah, those are my top five. Nice. No, I think that's a good, that's a good rotation right there. Uh, just because, I mean, I know you got, you got years on me, so, you know, <laughs> you can remember buying, you know, pair of 2000 Concours. Um, you know, I think I was, I was 10 at the time. So I think, <laughs> The only pair of 11s I got were the were the bread 11s, um, and that was you know what I'm saying. Like it's not like I got four pairs of them, you yeah, know. Yeah. So I just I got one, you know, and it was just like you're gonna get this one and and that's it, um, you know. So definitely that's a that's a that's a great lineup. That's dope, man. Hey, appreciate it. So yeah, um, so thanks for your time, Drew. So where can they find you on your social media? 
Um, I'm on IG. It's, you know, my first and last name at Drewies. Uh, Twitter, I'm at Drewies90. Trying to do everything in my power to get Twitter to give me Drewies. Um, but I haven't really been successful. Um, so those are two of the primary apps that I'm on. Um, so, yeah. That's dope. All right. So one, one more question, a quick question for you. So we got NBA playoffs coming. Who, who's your um, who's your pick for the NBA finals? Man, I mean, I feel, you know, extremely biased to say it. Um, but I, I got to roll with the Lakers, being that I'm not in media anymore. You know, I can kind of go back to, you know, being a fan. So I hope the Lakers, you know, figure it out. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I think they definitely win the playing game. But I think, you know, definitely got to turn it up. They, they have to take it, you know, to another notch. So I would love a Lakers Nets finals. Um, I feel like I, along with NBA fans all over the world, would love that. Um, the NBA itself would love that because the ratings would be crazy. Um, so, again, I, I got to roll with the home team. Um, and that's the finals matchup that I want to see. And then how many games do the Lakers take it if, you know, if that's your pick? If that's my pick, I mean, we need nothing less than seven, to tell you the truth. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, like, this series, it has to go to seven. Um, can't go to five, can't go to six. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? I don't think, you know, obviously I don't think it'll be a sweep from either, either sides, but we need seven games of Lakers versus Nets. That's good. Yeah, I mean, considering that the bubble, I mean, the bubble was entertaining, but it was weird at the same time. But it's just nice to see like NBA teams in their own arenas, especially with like, you know, less capacity fans. So that, that's going to be great, especially like we got this playing playoffs going right now. So. All right, Drew, so I appreciate your, your time. Um, you know, thank you so much for having us. Oh, sorry. And, uh, you know, shout out to Mark, you know, for the, you know, for the recommendation. Uh, this is uh, Dandon and the RJ Matismo Pass podcast. Have a good night.